We all know there's a race to acquire more Bitcoin. Why not earn more with what you already have? With Tantra Labs app, you can put your Bitcoin to work with up to 12% interest backed in Bitcoin per year, currently the highest interest rate in the industry. So how does it all work? First, go to tantralabs.io and follow the steps to sign up. Second, after approval, deposit as much or as little as you like. Third, sit back and watch your Bitcoin work for you at 12% interest back per year. Lock in your 12% now by signing up at tantralabs.io. Or you can click on the link in our show notes and on our website. All right, guys. Well, we are officially live. The thing is, we're starting to get some folks onto YouTube here with us. Um, we will figure some things out. But here I am joined by uh, my hosts for the show, Richard Carthon, Chris Corneros, and myself, Stephen Miller. Good to see you guys. Glad you came out. Um, how is everything going this week? Everything's good. It was a booming week. We saw a lot of gains, a lot of uh, new all-time highs for a couple different um, cryptos out there. So um, Bitcoin also uh, touched and broke 50K, which is exciting. You know, just considering at the beginning of this month, we were down at 30s. So a lot to unpack this week. No doubt. So if you guys could, um, I would love to hear a little bit more of your analysis of the market right now. So let me go ahead and bring up a quick view of uh, CoinMarketCap and we can get a little bit into uh, what we are seeing in the markets right now. So Richard, why don't you take us through this a little bit? Yeah. So again, in the market, um, we've seen quite a bit of opportunity in this space. Um, you know, Bitcoin touched all the way up to, to 50, tried to touch up to 51 um, and met resistance around 51,000. It's broke down. Um, I would imagine we probably see some consolidation um, for a moment here. Um we saw Ethereum continue to tick higher as well. Got all the way up to around 34,000. Um, Cardano reached an all-time high, which was amazing. One of my crypto calls of the week. You're welcome. Um, and several others uh, that have done tremendously well. Um, another thing that I like to bring up too is um, the overall market cap. So the overall market cap, we got above $2 trillion again. Um, we're almost uh, got up to around $2.1 trillion, um, which is phenomenal. Um, the larger the overall uh, market cap, the better. Another thing I want to point out is um, Bitcoin dominance. Um, it has lowered down to 43.7% right now. And the reason why Bitcoin dominance continue to go lower while the entire market cap continues to rise, it is essentially saying that we're seeing more and more cryptos starting to depart um, how it moves intrinsically with Bitcoin. So I think it is healthy as Bitcoin dominance continues to go lower um, and Ethereum prices continue to increase that we're going to see more and more of these um, larger um, crypto projects start to gain more and more value without it having to correlate directly with the price of Bitcoin. What about y'all? What have um, y'all been seeing in the market this last week? Chris, let's toss it to you. Um, I mean, you, you talked about it. Cardano obviously just been on an absolute tear. Uh, in the in Friday's aftershock, Steve and I probably spent close to half the show just talking about Cardano. Uh, from a market perspective, from a tech perspective, why it's such a great tool platform and why it's just going to keep growing up, blowing up. Um, so love Cardano. That's obviously just been killing it. Helium. I thought it was going to chill out last week. This time, at, you know, twenty one dollars, and I think it peaked at like twenty six, twenty six something. So that was insane to watch because you know obviously I got got a few miners, so I like seeing I like seeing my value go up while uh, all I do is plug a plug a glorified router into the wall. So that was that made this weekend a lot of fun. But other than that, I mean, I've been talking about Tezos since maybe April, and it's you know finally starting to look really strong again. It's 
back up above four, it actually might have just dipped below. I uh, know it's actually still at 407. So I love that. I'm happy to see Tezos kind of rebounding and uh, just doing well. It's still not at where it sat. It basically was holding around 420-ish um, during the spring, 425, that kind of range. So hopefully it can get back there and hold. But in the meantime, I guess we'll just have to see. What about you, Steve? Well, I mean, Chris, what you're looking at right here is actually at this line. If you can see where the dot is right in the middle, oh, yeah. we're, actu we're actually about to flip um, the $4 uh, resistance that we've had for the last three months into um, support. Because you see right here, it's about to retest that exact line. If it does that, we could start seeing the run back up to $7. Because just before the crash, we saw it go all the way up to $7.60 approximately. So. Um, as a Tezos fan, you should be nothing but encouraged. Um, oh, so. yeah. And I will keep dollar cost averaging my way to retirement on Tezos. <laughs> <laughs> Heard that. That's too funny. Well, look, guys, um, we really appreciate you all coming out and uh, hanging out with us today on the live stream. Please feel free to join us in the chat. We will be taking some Q&A later on in the show. Um, but there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in the market. And we're going to cover a little bit of the breaking news as uh, you know we've seen over the past couple of days since our Friday live stream. So um, if you want to go ahead and lead us off, Richard, why don't we jump into what to watch for and talk, talk to me a little bit about what's going on with uh, Visa this afternoon. Absolutely. So um, in the past week, if you're not aware of everything that's been going on in the market, one of the big headlines um, was Visa actually purchased um, a CryptoPunk um, NFT for about $150,000. Now, this is one of the first companies to take such a massive play in the NFT space and also to do something as uh, creative as the CryptoPunk. So for all those that aren't necessarily as familiar, CryptoPunks were one of the first to get started in the actual crypto space. Um, being one of the first ones to adopt and use uh, Bitcoin um, and use it for a lot of different uh, fashions. And, uh, and there's a lot of history with it. But more importantly, as it relates to this news, again, with Visa entering um, its first major NFT purchase, um, it purchased um, this uh, CryptoPunk for $150,000. It was called CryptoPunk 7610. Um, and they paid uh, 40 or, or the company then um, the amount of relevance as this gets to crypto adoption, I believe is very important because if large corporations like Avisa um, who do a lot of transactions all the time are starting to uh, buy something like an NFT, it shows where it thinks the market is headed because typically Chase and a lot of these larger opportunities won't start investing in things that they think are super high risk. Um, they try to um, de-risk as much as possible. And going after this particular NFT says nothing that other than they believe that it will be worth greatly more um, in the future when it's ready to sell. So I think that's going to show that as NFT space continues to mature in some of these um, more established uh, projects that are coming out could have a ton of value as we look into the future. So um, again, just another way that I don't think this is going to be just the first large company that kind of enters this space and starts buying NFTs, but this was a major move. Um, also, um, I believe it was per purchased on the Ethereum blockchain. Right now, the um, Ethereum NFT space is absolutely crushing it. Um, there are other places where you can buy NFTs like... Um, uh, I believe you can do some on Polygon. You can use Wax. You can use a Cardano. There's, there's, there's a couple of different ways that you can go about NFTs. However, ETH is by far um, leading the pack. And it's also meaning gas fees are continuing to go up as well. I don't know if you've been doing anything on the Ethereum blockchain of this week, but you'll notice that gas fees are back to being sky high. So um, hopeful ETH 2.0 helps solve that problem. But with ETH gas prices continuing to increase, I think that Ethereum as a um, price will continue to increase as well because people have to use it to keep doing things like NFTs. Yeah. No question. How about you? Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, no question. You're absolutely right. And if anybody in the chat happens to have a connection to Vitalik Buterin, please let him know that we need to fix gas as soon as possible. Um, yes. But I was curious if you had any other takes uh, to offer on um, what Richard was just talking about, Chris. 
this is a really interesting topic just at large, but is there anything that we can draw conclusions from in terms of like how the NFT market has been adapting and how institutions are now starting to enter NFTs? I mean, uh, I've, I've said this before on a lot of our content. I'll say it again. I still don't fully understand NFTs. I still don't think they're as good of an investment as most people do. Um, but I look at it like I look at the art market, which um, I will find this stat for either Friday or next Tuesday. But the art market, I'm pretty sure over the last 20 years has had the best rate of return on any investment besides crypto. So I think that plays into it. Um, Obviously, though, it's a little confusing to me that a pet rock that sold for $40,000 two weeks ago is now worth four hundred. dollars So again, I really don't understand it. That being said, this is one of those things where you, may, you don't need to understand it to know. If there's a lot of hype on social media around a certain artist or certain you know, series of NFTs, I highly recommend at least looking into it and trying to learn more because it doesn't matter if... At this point, at least my personal opinion is that it doesn't matter if you think it's a good investment. If everybody else does and they're just going to throw money at it and drive the price up, you will see a return. So don't blindly invest. But if you see a lot of hype around a certain project or a certain series or artist, definitely look more into it. Try to understand why and then you know make the decision you think is best for you. Yeah, no question. So I, look, guys, I appreciate you getting a little bit into that for me. Um, the second article we have on deck for you guys this week and looking a little bit more at the broader news, I thought to myself, you know, we talk about ADA so much on this show and I could, you know, go on for hours about how FX Street, one of the bigger publications just came out today saying with a very big, bold statement that ADA will flip ETH. I figured that, you know, we don't need to cover that. That's just, that, that's low ball news. I would much rather find myself covering something like OnlyFans, which I never thought I'd say on this stream. So if you didn't know, um, in the past week, we had OnlyFans um, coming out saying that they're going to ban all adult content. And that is something that's very difficult for the SW community. Um, and frankly, like again, it's not something that I've had personal ties to. Nobody in my immediate network is involved with that. But I understand the perspective of having something that you've you know, been working on for the longest period of time just immediately ripped away from you because of censorship reasons. Um, you know, of course, the big driving force behind it was all the credit card companies basically saying, like, we are no longer going to support you and, you know, process your payments if you're going to continue to back this. And they folded to it. Um, so big picture, this is terrible for the SW community, but I want to take it on a crypto um, kind of bent for a second here. What I don't think a lot of people are recognizing is that this is an enormous opportunity for crypto. And there are tons of projects out there that are trying to bring out new innovations to solve these issues so that you don't have to go through a third party that could shut the door on you. So I want to take a second here to share one such project with you. And that is Unlock Protocol. Unlock Protocol is essentially empowering a, an individual user to be able to play in their own space. If they have um, a membership-based site or they want to own or operate a, a membership-based site, they can integrate Unlock Protocol and basically have all of their content hosted on their own site. They can take complete ownership of the community and have new integrations with them. And it's a really fascinating platform at large because they are trying to make it more accessible for every single streamer out there and giving them the ability to accept payment however they so choose. This means that no bigger you know, corporate entity like OnlyFans or Patreon or um, there was two others that I had read about last week, but let's just stick with those two. They're not going to shut you down. And... This is a big turning point. If we can start to get more and more, not only just like the streaming community, but also um, other content creators moving onto this model, we start to decentralize content further. Um, so guys, I want to open that up. Do you guys have anything to add or any comments and interest points behind this whole OnlyFans issue or even behind something like um, Unlock Protocol? 
my initial thought on all of it is above all, one of the largest challenges that blockchain and crypto was created in the first place was to empower people and to give them the ability to be decentralized and to have their own voice and to have their own power, to empower people um, with something of value that could not be taken from them. And immediately when you think about censorship and a lot of different ways and everything else, um, crypto already is opening up a ton of doors for you to be able to create the content that you want um, and have it be put out in a way that anyone can have access to it. So um, I figured this was going to be this ultimate solution. Um, getting away from centralized uh, entities and, and platforms and into a more decentralized fashion and having something like a crypto to get paid in. Because I'm pretty sure everyone on OnlyFans decided to get paid in Bitcoin instead of their regular currency. They'd probably be millionaires. So, you know, even if it's not Bitcoin or whatever they decide to get paid in, um, there are a lot of opportunities as far as um, what they ultimately decide to get paid in and um, having a platform where whatever they decide to do can be seen by anyone on the internet. So that's my two cents. Gotcha, Chris. Do you have any uh, other take on it? Um, I definitely think it's interesting. It's a really cool idea and really cool project that I can see having a lot of potential down the line. But, you know, I, I don't know how closely you were following the so-called like streaming service war that happened last year, which is... You know, you had Twitch, obviously, is the number one. They are the king of the live streaming space. As big as YouTube and Google are, they still can't even touch Twitch. Microsoft had Mixer. Facebook has Facebook Live. And you had this entire kind of war between these services and the content. And you would think that more competitors was good. But what you know, Microsoft failed to realize, and in the end, it resulted in the death of Mixer, was that a lot of the people who you know, the people who are paying, the customers, the consumers, they didn't care about having variety. It was just way easier for them to sit on Twitch and uh, kind of just keep things as they are. And so this will be interesting. I think this benefits a lot of creators. But at the end of the day, if you can't, if you don't have a dedicated enough audience and you can't get enough of them to move with you, it doesn't matter how great the project is uh, overall. Well, I appreciate that input, guys. And again, if you want to go check that out, the project is called Unlock Protocol. Um, and again, this is not an endorsement of me telling you to go and invest in it. Um, they do have a token available. Um, I believe um, you can go and look up Unlock Protocol on either CoinGecko or, or CoinMarketCap and you will find it up there. Uh, but for our last piece of news that we wanted to bring you this week, Chris, you've got some... Uh, brand new Intel today on a big micro strategy buy. So would you like to share some of that with us and share your screen? Uh, yeah. So basically, um, and let me figure out how to pull my screen up here. But basically, TLDR, um, Michael Saylor bought a ton of Bitcoin. Shocker. And, yeah. It's not like he hasn't done this before. No, not at all. I think I think I got this figured out now. I'm still getting used to the new uh, the new platform. But here I was going to say, and for those of you that are joining us just right now, um, we are still at the at the point where we are trying to um, get the hang of this new streaming platform. So uh, we appreciate your patience, but let's take a look at what we have going on with MicroStrategy, Chris. Yeah, so basically you can see it here in the headline. Uh, they now hold 2.9 billion in Bitcoin. And that's after buying an additional additional 3,900 coins uh, in the third quarter. So this quarter uh, between July 1st and today. Um, but if you go through the article more, it's really interesting. Basically, uh, yes, this is between July 1st, August 23rd. They bought 3,900 more coins. But that doesn't even come close to how much they bought in June when they spent uh, about half a billion dollars uh, to acquire... Uh, let's see, where, where's the actual number? But it was... They spent close to half a billion to purchase 13,000 Bitcoin. And that was in June. Obviously, the June price is a little bit lower than they are now. So quite the impressive uh, investment, if you were to ask me. 
that being said, I think the the big takeaway from this and kind of the way I was looking at this news was even at, you know, let's call it an average of 40,000 between July 1st and now, I think the number is a little off and close to like 42, 43. Even at that, you have one of the most institutional large investors in the space still willing to spend close to $200 million on Bitcoin at just below 50,000, which goes to show, and right, and you have to think the way these large investors work is at the volume they're investing, it doesn't matter what they invest and they're going to make money. That's just the, it's a numbers game. You could invest, you get a percent back on, you know, a hundred million dollar investment. That's a million dollars right there. So the reality is you make money back no matter what. But the way the rich keep getting rich and richer is by going and looking at what they consider to be low and is going to, you know, from a percentage perspective, return that highest amount of uh, on your investment. And so if you're seeing one of the largest kind of bulls in the space, billionaire to be sure, who's putting close to $200 million in Bitcoin when it's right around 50K, that's a sign to me that these large investors, especially the large bulls, the whales, they think that at 50K, you're still going to see some insane return and probably soon. So basically, the point and what you should take away from this is if billionaires are still buying Bitcoin at 50K, you all should still be buying Bitcoin at 50K. And that's only going to continue and go up. No, I, I agree. I couldn't see it any other Man. way. It, People used to think microcellular was in, insane back when he was accumulating a whole bunch of Bitcoin last year before we even broke uh, $20,000. And, you know, I think when it's all said and done, um, and we look at this portfolio a decade from now, he's going to be seen as one of the biggest geniuses of all time, right? Um, there are a lot of people who are starting to emulate his strategy around um, emulating Bitcoin. Um, and actually, we'll get into this um, in a moment uh, as we kind of get into our next segment. But there isn't a bad play with Bitcoin and accumulating it. And again, we'll we'll dive into more of that in a second. But yes, uh, Michael Saylor is, I believe, leading the charge on why you should be holding a large amount of, of whatever makes sense for you, having that be a part of your uh, portfolio in crypto. Yeah, I mean, look, he's he is without a doubt one of the most vocal people, not just advocating for Bitcoin, but advocating for the space. And you can see that and feel that in MicroStrategy's buys. But what I would argue is most interesting in this current week is this bigger narrative of institutions, right? There's a chart out there, and I wish I had it to pull it up right now, but it indicates like what wave we are in the market, you know, where we have an institution then we have retail, then we have like the very base level consumer and then the cliff falls. It always goes in those types of stages. So to me, I'm sitting here saying to myself like, okay, we have new institutions entering the space, Visa, who's going out and being the very first institution to buy an NFT and actually hold it in their reserve. We have MicroStrategy accumulating even more Bitcoin. This is not like any other... There's no other way to see this than we're definitely still in a bull market because this is confirmation of it. You don't need to even look at the technical analysis at this point. Because institutions are still being as active as they are, that is as, con- that is as much of a confirmation as you can hope for, in my opinion. But guys, I appreciate you sharing your news um, with the community this week. If you enjoyed um, what we just shared and um, are getting some value out of it, do us a favor. Please take a second to tap on the like like button for us. Subscribe to the channel. We put out these videos every Tuesday and Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And we will, of course, be back on Friday with another Cryptocurrent live stream. Um, But I think that it is just about time for us to run into our big segment of the day, um, another edition of Crypto Decrypted. So this week on Crypto Decrypted, we are going to be focusing in on one specific topic for you, just like we do every single week. And we will be taking a moment to break it down, get into some of the finer points, and teach you a little bit about a specific thing within the sector or a different way to be thinking about the sector. 
So this week, we are looking at what is an investor's mindset. So Richard, I want to toss it to you first. Um, can you start to break down what is an investor's mindset for us? So um, an investor mindset has to go a lot of different ways in the sense of there are multiple ways at how you look at why you're getting into cryptocurrency and even why you get into other investments. So you should have a strategy on how long you want to be in a particular investment. And one of the things that I really want to break down, um, one of the keywords that is in this crypto field is called HODLer, which stands for hold on for dear life. And a lot of people came up with that term around the early, you know, 2017, 2018 is when it started to pick up a lot of momentum. And it was because we saw this giant run up in Bitcoin and Ethereum where, you know, Bitcoin got all the way up to almost 20,000. Um, Ethereum got up to 1,400. And then we saw it all go down uh, with Bitcoin going all the way back down to around 3,000. Ethereum going back down to close to 200. So significant drops. Um, for the people who are looking at the long-term horizon, the, if you're looking at this as an investor, there are a lot of different time horizons you should be looking at. So are you trying to be an investor? Which means if you're making an investment, you have usually a larger period of time before you are trying to sell that and, and make profit on that. If you are a trader, then that means you're trying to get in and out of the market. You think you are... Uh, smarter than what is uh, smarter than other people smarter than, and understand what's going on in the market so you can find a good target price to get in and get out in a short amount of time whether that means a couple of minutes a couple of hours a couple of days um, a week what what have you but a, a shorter time horizon a lot of people come into crypto myself included come in thinking that they are traders that they can come in find a good price buy it sell it for a profit in a short amount of time, flip it and make a ton of money. The get rich quick, the crypto Lambos, uh, Deegan's, if you will, like all, all of that stuff. However, what I want to challenge people, especially who are new to the space, is to truly think of this as an investment. Now, when you think about uh, in the traditional, and especially here in the US, uh, you have like a 401k or you have a Roth ROA. You have different ways where you are putting aside money from your income and you're saving it for retirement. These are investments. You're investing some of your money today for future retirement in the future. So if you were to think about like the amount of, that, the amount of money that you're putting aside, usually there's like a, um, a contribution plan that goes with um, your employer where they will match up to a, a certain amount um, with you. So um, some, let's just let's say it's three. So they say if you put 3% of your salary towards your 401k, we will match you and we will give you 3%. So they're giving you free money. They're giving you 6% of your salary that's being tucked away for a rainy day. All right. If you took that 3%, um, just, just in, in relevance in the last decade, if you took 3%, put it in the regular stock market, let it ride. And let's say you're 25. Now you're 35. If you had done the same amount of putting away, let's call it that 3% and crypto and diversified it across a, a decent portfolio, we'll get into that in a moment of what that looks like. And you compared the two based on gains, it would not even be close. It would not, it's not even in the same ballpark of how much greater your, retur your returns in crypto would have been. But to take it even a step further, it's you're not actively trying to think about how do I get in and out of stuff? You are hodling. You're holding on for dear life. You're buying and you're accumulating. You're accumulating. You're accumulating. Now, with your 401k, your Roth, what, what have you, you can't touch that until you're in your 60s. You can't touch that until later in life until you're ready to retire. In crypto, you can take that out whenever, you're, whenever you want. So if you have like an emergency or if you just need to liquidate or, or what have you, like you can get out. Now, you're going to pay taxes on it and you're probably going to pay capital gains on it simply because, you know, cost of being American comes with the game, right? But regardless, you can get liquid, have that cash and do whatever you want and move forward. Um, or take some of that money, reconvert it into something else and invest in something else. Whole point being is that when you're looking at it as an investment tool, an investment vehicle, and you try to compare it to other sectors, there's real estate, there is, um, there is the stock market, there are other ways that you can kind of diversify your money. There's art. 
Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can invest in different stuff, but it doesn't mean that you are looking at that as a trader. So the biggest takeaway that I want to really impart on everyone here as they think about how they're, they're game planning to get into crypto is what is your investment strategy? And start thinking of yourself as a crypto investor, not as a crypto trader. Now, if you're a crypto trader, I'm not saying if you're a trader, power to you, do what you do, go get your money, get it. I would say 80, 90% of people who are entering the space for the first time, you are not a trader. And you might think you are, but you are not. And you will get wrecked. And, and what wrecked means is simply that you're going to put in money, you're going to lose a lot, um, learn some lessons and either give up or decide to keep coming back for more. And what we want here is to empower you with a mindset, tools, and next steps so that you can make sure as you are accumulating money that you have a plan and that when you are ready to take profit, you can take the profit, feel confident in it, and, and keep moving forward. So Richard, we all have these different perspectives within the entire discord about, sorry, the discourse about having an investor's mindset. And when we talk about these different portfolio um, strategies, there's a lot of different strategies that come to mind. So my question first and foremost, before we move into our next big point on the investor's mindset, and kind of roundtable this for a second is, what do you view as the right type of HODL portfolio breakdown? And I'll tell you a little bit what I mean. When I say this, I'm referring more so to these are the types of coins, especially just like when you're looking at a HODL portfolio for crypto. These are the types of coins that you're going to hold long term, meaning like five, 10 years into the future, and you're not going to sell or capitulate at all on it. So to me, personally, I see things like Bitcoin, ETH, Cardano, the big three, the big five, the big 10 as the plays that you want to stay in long term that have a place in your model portfolio. The question herein is what percentage, like what's the pie chart breakdown of your HODL portfolio. So Richard, I want to throw it to you first. How do you break down a HODL portfolio? Um, so the way I break down my HODL portfolio, um, personally, is um, right now, um, my biggest HODL is Bitcoin, but Ethereum probably will eventually take that over and is slowly starting to do so. Um, the way I explain it, uh, Bitcoin is digital gold, um, and it will continue to appreciate value and be highly valuable. And I think it's going nowhere. Ethereum is like investing in the internet when it first came out. It's a platform. A lot of things are being built on it. It's a whole ecosystem. Um, it's, it's almost one of those things where it's too big to fail, but also it has a ton of merit and use case and practicality um, for uh, its derived value. I think eventually ETH will flip Bitcoin and market capitalization, etc. Therefore, I'm more aggressively looking at the growth potential of Ethereum over Bitcoin. But all that to say that um, when I initially set things up, it was 40, 30, um, 40% I was looking to get in from my HODL portfolio. 40% was looking into Bitcoin. 30% was looking into Ethereum. I'm probably going to flip those. And then for the last 30% that I'm looking into, I have about 15% that I'm putting into what I think are um, risk, like riskier plays, if you will, but I still think will be steady, aka like um, Cardano's, uh, DOTS, um, Tezos, other things like that. And then um, the last 15% are called my home run hitters, meaning I am perfectly okay if if I invest in 10 to 20 of these, uh, nine belly up and one just absolutely skyrockets to the moon. So that's kind of how I have my portfolio set up at the moment. Now, it's really important to hear. And if, again, you're just joining us for the very first time, let me say, like, this is not your typical, um, I guess, perspective on a HODL portfolio. A lot of people will tell you that, like, your HODL portfolio is you holding on to Bitcoin, especially if it's maximalist. You have yeah. the idea in mind of it being, you know, you're HODLing exclusively Ethereum and Bitcoin or something in the top three or having a certain percentage immediately allocated to stable coins. So understand that, like, a HODL portfolio can take a number of different forms. It's up to you as to how you choose to define it. Chris, before I go any further, do you have a perspective that you'd like to share on what you see as your HODL portfolio? So my HODL portfolio, and I've talked a little about this um, you know, in the past, is that I love looking for coins especially that on you know whatever platform 
I can stake and I can just put them in there and I never have to think about it because at the end of the day, it's about return on investment. And for some things like Bitcoin, for all we know, it could go down to $1 in 10 years and be worthless. And that's the same with all coins. But at the end of the day, very unlikely, you will see a positive return on on those large projects like a Bitcoin, right? Like we're not going to see, knock on wood, we're not going to see that tank in the next five to 10 years. It's, you know, it's a store of value, which we'll get into a little more later on in the show. But I think beyond that, um, kind of like what I was saying is I just look for coins and projects where I can hold on to them. I don't have to do anything. If they appreciate in value, wonderful. But at the end of the day, they're stable enough where I'm not going to see major price fluctuations. But I am going to get some insane return that's 10 to 50 times above what a traditional savings account is going to give me. So, you know, like your Tezos, which you can do through Coinbase. Why I love it is the ease of staking. It's not like you have to go and kind of set up some complicated account on a website you've never heard of or set up all these different wallets. It's, you know, on the largest crypto platform, the most mainstream, which is Coinbase. Um, And another one I love is USDC. I get at my rate, I get 10% returns on USDC through crypto.com, which is a hundred times the return rate on a traditional savings account at the amount I'd be putting in. So that's a pretty good return in my book. Yeah, I mean, look, it comes down to risk tolerance at the end of the day. If you want to keep your money in a bank, at least from the way that my mind has started to turn during this current bull market, I see it as a lot more high risk to keep my money in a bank. So to me, I'm all for exactly what you're talking about here. Go target a higher APY. Get your Even if you're just going to stay in, into uh, stable coins like USDC or Tether, move those stables into a place where you can gain a 10% APY. And at least that way, you're getting halfway to what you need to be making on your, um, I guess, stored wealth. So that brings me to the bigger point that I want to make here. And that is that if you are looking at things as a long-term investor, one of the best things that you can get into the habit of is starting to adopt a strategy of thesis-based investing. When I say thesis-based investing, I want you to think of this as you have already gone out into the market and you have done your research, and you are starting to establish a trend, or you're seeing certain things in the way that trends are evolving. For a big example, last summer, we saw the DeFi movement happen. We had DeFi summer. A lot of people, as we started to see DeFi summer come to an end, they weren't exactly sure about what the next trend was going to be. It turned out that we were going to start going back into an ICO cycle and we were going to start into another Bitcoin cycle. So it literally diverged towards the largest of caps and the smallest of caps. Now, because the bull market benefited everyone, at the end of the day, you can start to say, okay, out of a DeFi summer, we can start to see money flowing back into the large caps. My personal opinion is we're going to see that happen again. But for right now, as you're starting to gather these types of um, opinions and perspectives, you can ultimately come up with your own investor's thesis as to what you think is going to happen in the market. Over time, your theses will get a lot stronger. So for me personally, my investor's thesis is that for the rest of this cycle, the big things to watch, because I think we currently have um, about a month or so left until Bitcoin reaches its peak, My thesis indicates that because that's a very short runway, I see the biggest play out there right now is the ecosystems. So if I'm looking at the longest term as an investor, not just the short term of like, okay, I'm an investor for the next month. I personally think that ecosystem plays are going to be some of the safest plays going forward because they're the infrastructure of Web3. And if we need Web3 to build out DeFi, and we need Web3 to build out an NFT marketplace, they're going to be here forever. There is no two ways about it. I've heard maximalists talk about it left and right of the fact that, oh, there's just going to be one, there's going to be one Web3 play and that's going to be it. And it's going to be Ethereum and it's going to win out. Or, oh, it's just going to be Cardano and it's going to win out. I buy into the idea, and it's part of my thesis, that each of these major platforms can take a piece of the pie. So when I look long-term, I start looking at stuff like the ecosystems. 
So I start building that into my HODL portfolio strategy. For me, I think that right now there are four ecosystems that are just the creme de la creme, the top of the market, and that's what you should be considering. So I see myself looking at my HODL portfolio and allocating at least 50% of it towards those ecosystems, them being um, a mix of Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, and Terra. So where do I go from there if that's 50% of my HODL portfolio? Well, I evolve the thesis. I start saying, okay, where do I expect the rest of this money flow to go to? I think, frankly, Bitcoin is always going to be here. It's going to be a store of value. That takes up another 25%. What do we do with the remaining 25%? To me, I'm going to more than likely be looking at specific niche plays. And when I say that, I'm referring to stuff like Chainlink because it is the leading Oracle play. I'm looking at projects like Ocean Protocol that is doing something that's totally unique in their own space. And even things like The Graph and AMP. Now, currently, I am not invested into either AMP or The Graph but I can tell you with confidence that they have the type of backing and they have the uniquity of tech that's going to hold them in the marketplace for a very long time. That's just on a fundamental analysis standpoint. So when I'm looking at the bigger picture, I'm coming up with these types of theses. I'm building my own belief set to influence my long-term investing strategy. So guys, do you, um, I guess, have a thesis of your own that you, that you bring into your investing strategy? Or is this something that you think is just one of the many paths that you can take as, an, as a long-term investor. I think it's important to have a thesis uh, for several reasons. The, the main one that I want to take away is that the long-term play that you said, you, you believe in ecosystems. Mine is that I want to invest in projects that I think are going to be here for the next decade. Um, I believe that too many projects have come in have come in with the wrong intentions, which is how do we make a cool product, make as much money as we can and be out of here in the next five to seven years. I'm going for ones that are trying to revolutionize and be the standard as we go into the next phase of Web 3.0. And I think a lot of them are starting to be built right now. And it's incredible looking back at 2017 and seeing some of the ICO companies that came out and the what they planned on building and, and, and the money that they were able to raise in the, in the original um, valuations that they got were, were justified because they were saying, hey, I plan on building this thing. And it took them three to four years to build it. And now that it's built and being used, everyone sees like, oh, this thing actually works. And now the, the values have gone up anywhere from 10 to 1,000x. Like it is insane. Like one of the, the ones that sticks out to me Right now, it's just Thorchain, right? And, and what, what Rune is doing is awesome. But when the ICO first came out and they were building all this stuff, like they had a vision of what they wanted to do, but it takes time to build and actualize said vision. And so if you can find projects that make sense and are, are trying to build a thing and you think they have the team and the tenacity and the partnerships and everything else to like try to make that a reality in this space, it could be absolutely massive. So me personally, I'm trying to find these young projects um, that I'm okay with saying like, I'm going to invest in this and I could lose it all. But if I don't, and if I'm right, and let's say I'm right two out of 10 times, it could absolutely change my life. And like, that's my thesis of, of trying to find those projects early um, because I think in five to 10 years, again, time horizon for me, those could absolutely change the trajectory of, of my and my future family's life. Awesome. Chris, do you take on a more conservative perspective when it comes to your huddle portfolio or looking at investing strategies at large? Or um, is this something that you kind of buy into one of the two uh, trains of thought here? Um, so I'd say I take kind of a combination of what you guys are what you guys are saying. I wanted to chime in on the graph, but I will go on a tangent with that most likely because I actually don't like the graph and I have a good reason for not. Um, but if we have time, I could talk about that later. What I will say, and this is, you know, I invest in stocks because I still do invest in some stocks for good reason. Um, I use the same strategy. And the way I always remind myself to just stick to my strategy and not care what the market thinks is that I invest in things where I look at it and I say, oh, there's a clear use case for it. That's just in general, if I think there's a use case, I think it'll get value, then I want to invest in it. 
with crypto, there's another step to that, which is, okay, I see the use case. This is really cool. But would my mom understand it if I explained it to her? If the answer is no, then I'm, I may still invest in it. But the reality is I'm not going to put that much money in it. Because at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, crypto in general is very new. And if a majority of the traditional market doesn't understand it, I don't mean like an extra 10% of it. I mean, if 60 to 70% of the market doesn't understand most crypto projects, it doesn't matter how game-changing it is, it will never be successful. So that's kind of what I take and why I love a project like Helium. You see all of Web3 coming out. It needs internet to run on. And so you have Helium there that's slowly building this thing out. But now is hitting this exponential curve where they're pumping out miners like crazy. And you have this network just expanding at a ridiculous rate. So that's kind of what I look for is, is it a feasible solution? And if it's in crypto, would my mom understand it if I explained it to her? Gotcha. Look, it makes perfect sense to me, guys. And I think that's going to be all the time we have this week for Crypto Decrypted. But again, I want to take a second and um, give a big thank you to our audience for being here. If you want to hop into chat and you want to ask us any questions, we're more than welcome to. We're happy to take them. Um, and we'll, again, come back around to the, uh, to the chat by the end of the show and answer a couple questions. Um, but before we move into blockchain bets and look back at last week and what we uh, made our calls on to determine who won out of last week's uh, draft of calls, I want to go ahead and take one quick second to um, flash through everybody so that you have the opportunity to get in touch with us and follow us on our, on our socials. Um, so first and foremost, Richard is right here. Richard, go ahead and wave. Tell the people how you feel. Hello, everybody. Um, you good. Can find, Glad y'all could join you, us. You can find Richard right here at, at Richard Carthon. Now, if you would like to connect with Chris, you can connect with Chris at It's Mikus. Chris, why is it that you still have this uh, Twitter handle? I refuse to change it. I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. that. Uh, that's pretty much it. I just think it's funny to slightly misspell it because pretty much everyone reads it and says, calls me Chris anyways, or reads it and says, oh, you realize you're missing an R, right? Everyone, without fail. No, everyone reacts to it the same. So well, at this look, point, I just think it's funny and I'm keeping it. Well, look, in that case, you can continue to lean into that as a talking point. But you can, of course, follow me at Steve Miller underscore PHX. Um, but if you'll do us a big favor and also take the time to come over and follow us on Twitter, we would certainly appreciate it. Um, we've also got our Instagram handle here for you. Um, but if you would do us that solid, we'd really appreciate it. We want to connect with our community as best we can to serve your questions. Um, ultimately, that's why we're here. We're here to help bridge the gap between those who know very little about cryptocurrency and the thought leaders in the space so that we can all become a more educated ecosystem. So, without much further ado, I think it's about time we move into blockchain bets. So, because this is only the second time we're running this segment on the show, um, blockchain bets is our opportunity to go through and give you guys three picks from each of us on projects that we think have a high upside across the next week. Again, none of it's financial advice, but we like to play these sorts of games on the show so that we can have a little bit of fun with each other and figure out who's got bragging rights for the next week as to who had the highest percentage gains week to week. So last week, just to take you back through it, Richard had the first pick overall and he picked Cardano. And his second pick, which was his mid-cap pick, he picked Audius. And for his low-cap slash micro-cap pick, he chose Constellation. I had the opportunity in the number two overall pick to go with Polygonmatic. Um, for my mid-cap pick, I chose Amp. And for my third overall, I picked Picklefy. And Chris, in the third spot, picked Chainlink overall for his large cap, Tezos for his mid cap, and Cartesi for his small cap. So Chris, how do we come out this week? Who won? Who lost? Um, is there anybody that needs to be made fun of? So Rich, Richard won. He had two, two very big picks uh, in his large cap and his small cap. So shout out to Richard. Congratulations. Um, and then after that, you and I were pretty closely tied. Um, I don't have the exact number, but I think our like total uh, kind of change in our picks was within like one or two percent of each other. So we were we were pretty close there. Um, All right. Well, yeah. in, in that case, that's going to set us up for this week's draft order. Um, we're going to start with the person who had the um, highest percentage 
Well, actually, no, I guess we're going to do it the other way around. So Chris is going to start us off. I'll have the second overall pick again. And then our first um, overall will be Richard. So we're going to start out with our large cap picks and just do a snake draft here. So um, Chris, putting you on the board first, what is your large cap pick um, this week? Bitcoin. Man, that's a really audacious pick. You want to give it us any type of reason why you think that's going to be the big thing to move this upcoming week? Because, yeah, it, it's it's already it it hit tested 50k, did pretty well, it's still within about 1500 of that, but it's also down about 1500 from where it, it just hit and was holding decently well. So that only goes to show me, maybe hopefully, that it's going to go back to that 50k level and then beyond as people try to test new heights with it. So we'll see, we'll see. But I feel like it's it could either go very well or very not so well. So. I can respect that. Um, my pick this week in the number two spot is going to be Terra Luna. Um, I personally think that we've started to see a, a pattern forming on the chart that could theoretically shoot Luna through the roof. Um, so my large cap pick this week is Terra under the ticker L-U-N-A, Terra Luna. Richard, what do you have this week for your large cap? All right, my large cap this week is going to be Polygon Matic. Um, I, it, it's had a solid last week, but I think it has... It's it's getting some resistance and some good support at its current levels. Um, I think if it has the opportunity to test its last um, support level and in, in, in our resistance level and can break through, it's, it's, it's going to go back uh, potentially to $2. Um, I don't know about in the next week, but I think soon. So that's going to be my pick. Okay. And again, because you're at the turn there, what is your mid cap for this week? Ooh, so I have been between a couple but you know what? I just, I got to go with it. H&T. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to go with um, H&T. It's at all like all time times. It's pushed higher, but I think it continue to push up just because more miners keep on coming up for the, for the rewards to make sense because the rewards have been abysmal lately. But for it to make any kind of sense, price needs to keep going up. Um, so I'm going to stick. I'm going to go with H&T this week. All right. I can respect that because you blew that call last week. Sure did. Um, you at, <laughs> So if you were with us last week, you may have noticed that we made some on-the-fly changes. Um, I think that we've learned our lesson here and we're not going to be doing that ever again um, <laughs> because I flipped from Audius and that happened to be uh, Richard's pick last week. He took my pick um, and he moved off of Helium to do so. Um, so I'm going to uh, come back around this week and give my pick to Kusama. Um, I am a big time believer in what the Polkadot network is going to be doing. Um, and the company behind Polkadot and Kusama is called Parity. And they have a really solid strategy for rolling out both. Kusama is the um, canary network for Polkadot. So they're testing everything they're going to roll out on Polkadot on Kusama. Um, and they have not had a big move in the last week and a half or two weeks. And I think they're well overdue, um, especially because they're an ecosystem play. That is going to be my pick in round two for my mid cap. So Chris, what is your mid cap pick this week? My mid pack mid cap pick of the week is actually going to be a former guest on the cryptocurrent podcast, which is Hedera. They are, they're looking good. I'm excited. All right. Minor losses today, but decent gains over the last week. And, you know, the, the charts are trending in the right direction over a longer period of time. So hopefully they can keep this train running. But very cool project. And for anyone watching, if you don't know anything about Hedera, uh, go back uh, on our YouTube or go to our Spotify, Apple Music, and you can check out the episode with, I believe, their CEO. Awesome. Well, Chris, again, we're at the turn. What is your small cap or micro cap pick this week? So actually funny that you were talking about Ocean earlier. I was scrolling through the small caps today and I was like, huh, this seems somewhat interesting. So I'm going with Ocean this week. I'm going to mix it up from Cartesi, but we'll see how it goes. The small caps are more of the gambling coins uh, as far as the segment goes. I was going to say this. So when we get to the third round, just for those that are viewing from home for the first time, these are where we really do prove that there is a degenerate gambler in everyone. Um, so thank you for um, indulging us and giving us the opportunity to tell you about some of these very low cap projects that could um, be quick 10x's, who knows. 
Um, I am going to go ahead this week and do something out of character. I'm going to... Man, I really don't want to do it. I, I want to do it, but like I really don't want to do it. Um, I'm going to pick the coin that burned me the worst last cycle. Um, I'm going to go with Nano. Reason being, um, there's a lot of reason for people to think that Nano as a, a true digital currency play could be the future of digital money. Um, they're taking a completely novel approach on digital money. Um, I encourage you to go home and take a look at what the actual project is doing because it's really fascinating. Um, but they're very overdue for a big move. So my pick this week in my micro is going to be Nano. So lastly, all right. the man of the hour, the D-Gen and all of us, what do you pick for your micro? All right. So this is going to be a very bold call and could absolutely burn me or it could be the pss, pss, sole reason I win this next week. My call this week is going to be Jigstack. Um, so Jigstack um, is a project and project that we've talked about for a while. Um, they're trying to be the Microsoft, if you will, of um, blockchain. They have a lot of different projects. They just rolled out their first um, ability for you to stake with StakeBank. And they have a ton of other projects that they've been rolling out and have been executing on. Um, it finally got back to its penny. Um, at its all-time high, it got up to 20 cents. Um, I think if we could break through this like one point uh, or this penny point one percent and get past that, we could be testing too soon, which that right there is already almost a hundred percent gain. So like that's my call of the week. Awesome. Well, guys, that wraps up blockchain bets for us this week. We're coming up to the end of the show. So I just want to give everybody another opportunity um, to give us a follow here. These are our personal handles. Um, you can find us at these handles on Twitter. Um, you will have to go through our Twitters to find our handles on other platforms. So we can only show you one at a time. But um, we have a lot of exciting content coming up this week on crypto-current.co. Um, you can find all of that content right here at cryptocurrent.co. Um, we have an episode upcoming on Thursday with David Lukacs from um, Liquid Avatars. We had a Great interview that Richard did with Clayton Gardner from Titan come out yesterday. You can find that here on YouTube. Um, but we also have some phenomenal um, written content from our staff writers over at the website. So you can check that out there. Um, but guys, do we have any other announcements to share this week? Or are we looking good? Looking very solid. Um, again, this is just a reminder that if you enjoy this content, you enjoy being able to interact with us, we do have a private Telegram group. And if you want to be able to join that group, um, you got all of our socials earlier, um, go send us a DM, let us know that you want to be in and we can get you in. Um, this is truly going to be a slow growing group that has access to us that we're doing updates with. We're not trying to make this some massive place. Um, it's only going to be if you reach out to us. So um, if you are interested in, in being part of that um, community, please reach out. And of course, if you enjoy what you've been seeing, make sure you like and subscribe. Um, and definitely make sure you go and check out um, the rest of the amazing content we're putting out there for you, especially the one that's coming out this Friday called Aftershock with two gentlemen I'm here with, um, Steve Miller and Chris Canora. So um, I hope you're enjoying all the content and I really do appreciate everyone who came and spent some time with us today. Yeah, guys, we really appreciate you being here. Come join us on Friday for another Cryptocurrent Live. Make sure you turn it, tune in on Thursday for that next interview that Richard's got lined up. But for now, stay Cryptocurrent and we will see you next time. Have a good one. Stay Cryptocurrent. See y'all. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Hoyas2022. Not only is this podcast educational, it's exciting and fun to listen to. I tune into every podcast and learn something new. Whether you've been in cryptocurrency for a while or are new to the space, you can always learn something from this podcast. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today.
Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date on the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.